faces, heels, and tweeners. Sunday night's main event proudly brings to you the East Coast podcasting champions of the world, Brad the Dad and Greg Father Feltham, your smack daddies. All right, let's pound through this. That's what she said. Hello, friends. With that, we are your Smack Daddies. We usually cover SmackDown, but as you may have noticed, we phoned it in last night because so did WWE. You got your SmackDown preview slash review early yesterday. That's because we were getting up bright and early to cover Elimination Chamber. I am Brad the Dad, and riding shotgun with me is my tag team partner, Greg Father Feltham. Bless you, my son. And are, are we your elimination daddies? Is that how this works? Uh, I don't know. That that sounds bad on so many levels. <laughs> well, there was a lot of things bad about this show, but uh, none of them were the outfits. Uh, that is fair. That is extremely fair. And not the crowd. So let's start, Greg, with a couple of quick positives off the top. I love watching PLEs in the morning. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? This is, this was a weird one. Like I will give you that, Brad. This was just kind of a, um, a strange get up. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be a hundred percent honest with everyone. I got up at six, uh, probably rolled out of bed about six Oh five local time, five Oh five Eastern. Healy started at 5 a.m. Eastern. I got up. I saw a couple of things from Burkhead that make me want to just roll back over and go back to sleep <laughs> and not deal with that crap this hour of the morning. But no, I powered through. I got up. I got the shower and, you know, 6.30, 6.45, a local time. I'm like, all right, I'll turn the damn thing on now. And I started uh, as I normally try to do, whether it's SmackDown or anything else WWE related, you watch it on tape delay so you can catch up to live. And and that is the only way that you can watch this stuff. I would say I started uh, more like 715. Uh, I didn't have to go anywhere, so I'm not showered or anything. I just rolled out of bed and started, got my cereal. But yeah, like, why would you watch this live? That is the big advantage of this show is that like, PLEs are now commercial filled. So this is how you watch them. I am literally sat in my office um, this morning because, well, my kid had to uh, had to work just down the street from here. So I figured I'd come here and finish the PLE and then get connected and talk to you. But Brad, before we get going into the PLE. I've got a bit of trivia for you. And I know I'm not supposed to be the trivia guy. And, you know, I tip my hat literally to you know the the godfather himself mr agnew um but we had a match on the pre-show this morning i was gonna say it, it, did, did you catch the match on the pre-show yes okay so here's the trivia when was the last time wwe had a match on the pre-show Ooh, I'm and sure. was that longer or shorter than Roman Reigns' title reign. Oh. Because <laughs> uh, I, I had to get our crack research team on this very early this morning. I'm going to say that it was, yeah, it was like pandemic WrestleMania. It was going to be my guess. Uh, no, no, it's post-pandemic-ish. Um, the last uh, pre-show uh, match that I could find was at was September the 3rd 
2022, another Saturday PLE. Mm-hmm. And it happened to emanate from uh, Cardiff, Wales. Oh, wow. At Clash of the Castle. And it was Madcap Moss and Daddy Lashley's kids taking on Austin Theory and Alpha Academy. Wow. That's that was 539 days ago today. So shorter than Roman Reigns title, current title run. So do you want to say anything about the women's tag match other than um, I'm really happy for uh, uh, the, uh, the Aussie Indy. who, yeah, Indy, who got to perform. I mean, that was basically the reason this was put on there was that the crowd could get hot for a local. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. What I want to say about this is I want WWE to bring back a reason to watch these pre-shows because I knew that this match was coming, but I thought it was just added to the main card. So when I actually started, I saw something about about the indie match or whatever, and I was like, "Ah, oh, damn it! I got to go back and rewind." So just give me some consistency. Like either make the pre shows where I don't need to watch it, and I can just start at the top of the hour, or you know, let me know that hey, I, this is much must see TV, and I actually have to go and and watch the pre show so I can watch the match. I think it's but- a great. Great idea, Greg, to have a match on the pre-show right now in the four to five match era because yeah. there's there's no space on them. And it can be a story where it's like you can have somebody be on the pre-show two or three mm-hmm. times and try to get onto mm-hmm. the main show. Yep, yep. And uh, Brad, I know you and I, uh, we also have a tradition when we do our Smack Daddy's podcast. And, and if you'll allow me to have the liberty here this morning, uh, we've got a new new person to welcome to the club. Who's that? Bronson Reed, who was supposed to be on this show. Uh, obviously, they changed some creative and changed some plans for him. But Bronson Reed and his wife, uh, their their baby was born, uh, it sounds like today um, or in the last uh, little bit, because uh, he did post during the show. Um, so congratulations to Bronson Reed. Uh, WWE shared that uh, earlier today. Uh, so congratulations there. I'm just trying to pull up the tweet as we're talking here. But of course, it's probably buried as it was early in the show. Um, but yeah, he, he is now a, uh, big papa is what he called himself, which made me a little bit nervous and thinking about other big papas. Big papa bump, you mean, or. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I I went right off the bat and, uh, apparently happy 40th birthday to, uh, one, uh, um, Corey Graves on the show. Oh, also part of the day. Yeah, also part of the dad club. Yeah, I'm trying to go back and find the one here. Maybe it was uh, him tagged uh, Triple H. That's where I saw it. But I know he did have a a nice post out here thanking WWE and Triple H. And sorry he wasn't there for the show. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, let's just the Kabuki Warriors beat Larray and Indy. No surprise there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, here it is. Brunson Reed, two hours ago. Full disclosure. Originally, I was set to be at WWE Chamber. It would have been an incredible moment. Unfortunately, plans change, but everything happens for a reason. My wife and I had our baby early. I was supposed to miss the PLE to make sure I'm here for my family. Uh, thank you for all your support to all my friends and family who have reached out to me to at Triple H for guiding me. Now I'm, uh, now I'm not just big. I'm a big papa. 
here's the thing I love about the new WWE. Yes, there is still this scandal that is looming over everything. And we are not qualified to get into that. We are not reporters. We're just two fans who watch the show. But I'll give you this, Greg. In a previous era, it just would have been expected. Well, we're in Australia. You need to be on the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad. Uh, Triple H replied, family is everything. Fatherhood is amazing. I'm proud of you, not only for your work, but the journey you're embarking on now. Enjoy every moment. You're exactly where you needed to be. So uh, nice on on Triple H and WWE to make sure that he could be there for the birth of his child and uh, welcome to the club. So let's start this show then where it started with the video package off the main show. And there's a lot of Rhea Ripley in this show. Uh, Yeah, yeah, uh, there is definitely a lot of mommy here. So she Uh, was in more than one ways than one. Yeah, we'll get there, Greg. So, hey, 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 simmer down. You don't. You, uh, you I'm have sorry. To... I'm sorry. Pace yourself, Mister Mister <laughs> Feltham. Pace yourself. Oh, this is not going to be a good day, Greg. I, yeah, I think that we had all kinds of different pops for different wrestlers as they came in, and they showed that sports thing. Uh, um, we definitely had uh, many pops for many wrestlers here this morning, <laughs> Greg. I love this because. I really enjoy this whole piece because it gets us a good opportunity to judge the crowd reaction to people without having to put them in front of the crowd. Yes, definitely. A match number one is the women's elimination chamber, which gets us Naomi. uh, Wait, hold on. Naomi. We have, uh, we have Becky Lynch. We have, uh, one of my personal favorites, Liv Morgan. Yes. Uh, we have Tiffany Stratton. Yes. Oh, boy. We have Raquel Rodriguez and Bianca Belair. Uh, Raquel is clearly still having her allergy issue because she's the, you could notice right away because she's not wearing makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Raquel, uh, I think that they really did rush her back for this and and she didn't need to be here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for Raquel in this instance, I'd be honest. Okay. So let's be honest about this. If she, this is her choice. Great. I, and I'm, and I, and I'm happy that I've seen stuff on social media where she's kind of talked about like her, her, her battle with whatever's going on. It's caught her like, it looks like an auto. Yeah. It's called mass cell activation syndrome. And Mm -hmm. essentially it is, um, her, her body basically, um, from what I've, I've been able to kind of read up on it her body just having these allergic type reactions and activating, but it causes blood pressure issues. It causes uh, gastrointestinal issues. It, it obviously causes swelling as you could see, still see from her, her face was swollen this morning. You could see it. So, or the, this evening, I guess. Um, so, you know, I, I feel bad for her. I, I wish that she wasn't there right now till she was in a better position, but that's just me. Yeah. And if she, again, if she wants to be there, the only other thing I'll mention is that I was check. I paused on my DVR when the bell rang. I yeah. was 17 minutes and 23 seconds into the recording. How long? 17 minutes and 23 seconds. Okay. That is from the video and the entrances. When the bell rang for the first match, we were 17 minutes into the PLE. And that's why I fast forward right yeah, I, there. Yeah. So our first two in are Naomi and Becky. They have a nice little back and forth. I really enjoy the the part where they do the slap hands. They both try and kick and they catch each other and put it down. They both try and punch and they stumble backwards. That was a nice little thing. Corey Graves notes that the pods will open at random intervals. I'm pretty sure in the in the pre thing it's at every five minutes. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know why it says that. And this is when um, I kind of wish I was watching live because, uh, as you probably saw in the thread, I was posting WWE Creative Ish's uh, lines, um, tweets throughout the show. And this one here is the one that I think may have popped me the most. And this is a one that WWE easily could have done. But when you're seeing that overhead shot and they're going around and, and lighting up the lights of the chamber, they should have done it counterclockwise. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, you know, like this is episode. It, yes, because they're in Australia and it slows down. That there is the way they do it randomly, I never liked. I like the idea of it like being a spinning wheel. Yeah. And it slowly stops like a doot on the person at once. There's some, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing notable from this first six, these first two alone was Naomi doing her rump shake, basically where she grabs Becky by the head, yeah. rubs her, rubs her rump head into her rump and then slams using her leg, slams Becky's head into the outside of the cage. It yeah. looked cool. The crowd loved it. Tiffy it's Tiffy time, Greg, number three, oh. Tiffany Stratton comes in. Yes. Yes. Both women were down when uh, Tiffany gets in. She does her handspring elbows, and now you see why they love her. Her moons oh, yeah. not always be perfect, but boy, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, when you're a trained gymnast, the amount of stuff that you can do, wow. She does the she does that, and then later on, Naomi's doing those forearms where she jumps, and it's like, one of these things is not like the other, or one of these things just ain't the same. Greg and then Stratton tries for the double rolling senton, but she only can get one. Doesn't matter. It works. Tiffany breaks up a pinfall at one point, which I put in my notes. Why? Like, why do you do this? Yeah, the, the dumbass. So my, we'll have to. Oh, it's a rookie mistake. My personal favorite, Liv Morgan, comes in number four. Yes, yes. And you Corey, only live once, Brad. Corey Graves with the line of the night. Liv is. Liv is reckless. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much how I describe Liv Morgan's wrestling style. You do. Uh, you do, in fact. Liz does some offense. I didn't note any of it. Tiffany tries her Alabama slam, and it's countered. Becky does a cool spot where she does the disarmor into the cage. So the counter for Liv Mo for Tiffy first, she goes to do that Alabama slam where she does yeah. the cartwheel. And Naomi rolls with it. And then it Tiffany gets the momentum, but that are that disarmor through the cage looked great. Tiffany must be super flexible. It she's a gymnast. It looked it just was this was great. And Naomi climbs up and hits uh, a sunset bomb where she barely catches the opponent. And while she's recovering, Tiffany basically just sneaks up and gets the pin out of nowhere. Tiffy time is great. Why is Naomi in this match? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know so much about this match. Like, why is Raquel in this match? You know, you and I had kind of speculated maybe this is where they were going to bring in Jade Cargill. Um, but I, I kind of said Jade Cargill can't come in this match unless she's going to win and go on to WrestleMania. So I'm glad that that didn't happen. But yeah, the, there's obviously a bunch of people who were put in this match who don't belong and are there just to take pins. Yeah, and I, Naomi got some good spots, but she wasn't in here long enough really to be notable. She had a couple of cool moves, but poor Ra so Raquel's in. She does all of her like power offense. She's our uh, fourth entrant in. Tiffany tries to take out Raquel. 
Instead, she gets caught. She gets swung into the cage. And now you know why they wanted a big powerhouse in here. Obviously, they went with Raquel, who could lose rather than Jade. And finally, we get Bianca Belair into this match. And the two, we get some some of her offense, and eventually her and Raquel face off. And this is what they wanted. I think this was supposed to be what Jade was here for, was that we we're going to get this Jade-Bianca yeah. face off. Yeah. Um, Liv Morgan fights to the top of the pod. And Tiffany, uh, Tiffany gets, Liv gets tossed off by Becky and um, Liv, Liv gets tossed off by Tiffany and Becky. And then they, she pushes Becky off, dude. And when Becky comes flying out, uh, this is also why they want another big, long, strong woman in there. Because thank God for Raquel. First of all, she ca- catches Becky. Yeah. And then her and Bianca and Becky are on the outside when Tiffany's like, yeah, I'm going to do the biggest high, high spot of the match. And she does a running scent, like a running swanton. And the other girls are superstars. They catch her like the spots in this match. Pretty clean. Bunch of live spots in there. I've skipped because they were all messy. Yeah, you, you have a tendency of not liking the live spots. Anyways, Elimination 2 comes after Oblivion off the top ropes on Tiffany. Liv pins Tiffany. The crowd yeah. chants bullshit, and I agree. Yeah, they they seem to want more Tiffy time. The crowd... I, Tiffany was over like Rover for this whole match, and it doesn't make sense, because she is the only heel in this match. She was. She was, and that's okay. Uh, so Raquel, the next sequence, Raquel ends up fighting out of a disarmor, uh, and somehow she gets end up on the ropes. Liv tries to hit an Oblivion, but she ends up hitting a, hitting a double Tahana bomb on both Liv and Becky Lynch. But Bianca ends up countering out of nowhere and hitting her KOD for the win. Bianca, so Bianca continues. She ends up pressing and onto Morgan. Uh, Corey brings up something that just kind of laughs because Bianca hits her springboard like her back, her moon salt thingy, Greg. And yeah. why? And why does she try and pin both of them? And he points out this. This has happened like five times in this match. And he's like, "It's a stupid idea to try and pin both women. It's harder to do that." It is, in fact, harder to do that. Okay, so we end up everybody's fighting but, in the. Uh, I was gonna say it's a great idea though, like. Can you can you take out two people at once? I don't see why you couldn't, but damn, that's a great idea. Yeah. Becky ends up gaining control. She has this double move where it's a DDT and a reverse DDT. Uh, I found this part really slow, Greg. Like, when we got down to these three, it was mid. Yeah, it was. It was. And... It, it was hard to watch at this point. Yeah, and so we get these this series of reversals where... Becky looks like she's going to try and hit a move. Uh, we have Bianca counter that move. And so we we end up at the end of this. Becky counters out and kind of lands on her feet and then falls backwards out of the, the uh, KOD. And while Bianca's out of balance, she gets rolled up by Liv. One, two, three. And before Liv can celebrate, Becky's back on her feet, manhandle slam. And then she gets the one, two, three on Liv. Becky wins, but she only pinned one person. Yeah. <laughs> Greg. Whatever. It At was, this point, whatever. It was the most um, anticlimactic piece because it's like, come on, who's winning this match? 
yeah, it was how are you going to get there to Becky, right? Like we all knew that the the end of this is going to be Becky with the win. So how do you get there? And yeah, dude, I love it. But I did love this match in the sense that other than this lull right here, I really wish they would have kept one more wrestler around just a little bit longer, whether it was Tiffany or whether it was Raquel. They just that the, the their three way sequence at the end. The only thing I will say is the end was planned really well because the moment Bianca is pinned, there's no chance Liv Morgan's winning this. So they they didn't prolong this idea that Liv could go on to WrestleMania. No, no, exactly. Exactly. She, she doesn't have a... She has the I was injured by Raquel or by um, Rhea story, but she's not winning. She's not beating. She's not the one ending the Rhea streak. No, no, for sure. Okay, so then there's a bunch of commercials. Did you watch any of this or were you just liberally hitting the fast forward? Oh, no, I fast forward the crap out of this thing. So apparently we are in the minority from what I've heard from, uh, shout out to our friend Joe, who who uh, messaged us privately and a few other people. Uh, New Catch Republic, Greg, is the name of Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. It's supposed to be a tribute to their old name and a tribute to British Strong Style. Yeah, I don't know. It's still terrible. I get it, it. It yeah, it's it's just terrible. It's just bad, guys. Like, uh, uh, do you know what? And and I didn't say it, but I I can't let it go. I wish I could, Brad. It was still terrible to hear Naomi's music on this show earlier. <laughs> I for at least people are getting used to it because you can see people doing the sh- the dance and going glow, glow, glow. Yeah, yeah um, it's still terrible, terrible, terrible. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a quick question before we get into the second match because I forgot. What was this out of the two elimination chamber matches? Which one? Which one did you did you prefer, the women or the men? Oh, good question. I would say the women's match. Yeah, me too. I I felt that the the women had better pacing in their match, even though they yeah. had that lull. If they cut five minutes from this that three boy part, this would have been a perfect match. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. it was really good. So. Uh, and I felt for the new Catch Republic and Judgment Day. So Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate versus Damian Priest and Finn Balor is match number two for the like undisputed tag team championships. The problem with the for these guys was fighting uphill, Greg. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it it was just. Do you know what? I think it was honestly a little bit hard to watch this match after the elimination chamber match before it, and I I don't know. You know, I, I did post on our board yesterday about the comic genius that was our truth and our truth going to Austria instead of Australia, um, which which I laughed so hard when I saw that. Um, I, I kind of wish I think we needed something here besides a little bit of Dirty Dom interference. Like, I think we needed something in here to kind of you know even the score and whether that was our truth coming out or not this match to me it just didn't hit the way i wanted it to hit it got there the problem was this match i mean at the end of the day this match was 17 minutes and the guys worked really hard but i will i would say the first 10 minutes the crowd was not with them yeah yeah i I think they need to come down off the high from from previous so yeah i could see that and they had a good idea to start basically right after the announcement new catch republic is all over judgment day and they're clear in the ring they take out priest and they isolate finn 
And for a second there, you look like they're going to get a fast match out of this. And we do get a fast match, but not the way you expect it. And I think the other problem was there was a long stretch in here where Tyler Bate was isolated and just had the crap kicked out of him. Aided, aided, aided. Yep. And it went on and on and on. And eventually he gets the tag. Pete Dunn gets in and he hits about five moves. He hits some of his classic Pete Dunn offense. And then all of a sudden he, for some reason he tags back in Tyler Bate. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I don't know either. And we get a sequence where they get on the offense and the match really only picks up uh, after we have Dirty Dom on the outside. The guys have hit their double Tyler driver, but it's like too close to the ropes. And I think Dom was supposed to put his foot on the rope, but he just put it under the ropes, which still breaks up the pinfall. Still breaks the pin, yeah. And Tyler Bates right there and he's pointing out that Dom did that. And the crowd's agreeing. And so the referee throws Dom out. And that's amazing. Because the crowd yeah. then, I think this was the big spot of the match because it got to this match. Yeah. Yeah. It um that that's another thing that I struggle with with this match is the whole referee that this was almost at an Aubrey Edwards level of I needed my referee time to shine here, figuring out whether or not she was going to throw someone out of the match that took forever to get through. Yeah. My mistake. It was a bitter end that the Pete done hit. So this is when we start getting some big moves. Priest makes a save on that. We get the 1916 on Finn. We're going to get a power bomb, uh coup de gras combo, but that gets countered. The new catch Republic have, they have Priest, and it looks like they're going to get him. They stack him in the corner, and out of nowhere, Finn reaches up like, like the Undertaker. The arm reaches up, and he grabs the edge of his foot. This allows him to get keep his balance, and he double choke slams the guys off the top ropes, and Dunn is the legal man, so he eats a coup de gras. And Finn and Priest win, which is great, and I hope some of these other tag teams, like DIY slash DX and the new Catch Republic, and maybe Awesome Truth get into a match. Yeah, I'm still scratching my head at that new Catch Republic stuff. But yes, the DX DIY thing, I'm, I'm all on board with. Greg, this, so we didn't, this match should have been much better than it was, but somebody had to go after the Elimination Chamber. And to be honest with you, these guys would have been still screwed if they went after the uh, talking segment on the show. Yeah, yep, they would have. I, I don't know if there was a good place to put this besides opening the show. Yeah, it, but it, they had the women open the show as a tag match. So it was like yeah. women's tag team match, Elimination Chamber, men's tag team match, and then we get into, I think some of the biggest pops of the night came here with this whole Grayson Waller effect thing. Yeah, this was this was fun. Um, besides it being fast forwardable um, to get guys out to the ring. Yes. Uh, did you see the boot... Drinking a beer from the boot. Yes, I did. I did, in fact. And um, the what is it? The shoey. The shoey with the uh, with yeah. the UFC fighter who d- climbs up on top of the cage and does this. Uh, no effing way. I don't care how clean that shoe is. I am not. First of all, I'm not ruining a shoe that way. Secondly, I mean, I love a Foster's, but um, didn't uh, so a couple things one is this the first time wwe 
and UFC have direct integration since the merger into TKO? Because I think so. Monday night. They had they had people on Monday night too. And they even oh, did had a, they? they had a bull rider on Monday night. Oh God almighty. All right. Um <laughs> Greg, the look on Greg's face. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh so loud, but boy, Greg, you yeah. just look like, like, oh, God dang it. But why, you know why do we have bull riders? Uh, TK own, owns a bull riding, riding league. All right. This is what it's like. Okay. Just think back to watching the Super Bowl and how many times we, how many celebrities we saw sitting watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. This is just what it is. It's like, or if you watch, um, if you watch a Chiefs game, how many times do you see Taylor Swift? That that's uh, very fair. That's very fair. Um, yeah. So yeah, the shoey. Um, sure. I mean, I I kind of chuckled at this as this happened. Um, as I continue to watch this PLE, uh, I can tell you what my plans are for this evening. I'm going to fire up Disney Network and I'm going to turn on season six, episode sixteen of the simpsons bart versus australia i am going to continue watching avatar which is what i almost wanted to start with this was because last night because we didn't have smackdown i did watch most of smackdown skimming through things uh, until i was like i'm going to beg Zeph to get up early but i watched several episodes of avatar highly recommend it's based on the cartoon and it's but it's like the cgi is incredible if you want to see people do martial arts and it's like a big kung fu fight, except that instead of just throwing fists, they can throw fire, rocks, wind, and water. All right, fair enough. Like, nope, uh, Dax, nope. Boris, uh, you guys need a, a an official. Uh, in, I need an invite back to the cookout so we can talk Avatar. All right, all right. I don't need well, to talk about dynamite. I just let me talk about Avatar. Well, let's let's talk about this talking segment. Oh, okay. So Grayson Waller, giant pop. You know who may have gotten a slightly larger pop? Is Seth freaking Rollins? Yeah. Holy cow! The crowd singing along. Yeah, they they really were. And so he gets down there. He does his whole entrance, and then I think that I'm like, okay, Cody's going to get a pretty big pop. That was the loudest whoa I've ever heard, and they screamed his song the whole way there, Greg. They did, in fact. That was uh, that was big. Best show I've ever seen. Like when this was, there was more heat in this talking segment than was in the poor guys who just killed themselves for 17 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, I think those bigger pops than in either elimination chamber matches. I, you know what? I, I think there's definitely an argument that could be made for it. So let's call this the MJF rule. Cause you and I talked about this when we went to Boston last year. And I know we keep referencing this, but there were louder pops for MJF and Adam Cole during their their tag match where they basically did nothing. Yeah. Then there was for the craziness that was the the cage match in Boston. So That's true. Yeah, anyways, these guys are awesome. This was great. Seth they, Seth is gets the first question. Grayson Waller asks uh, Seth about who he wants to face and he basically just cuts a promo and gives him a scoop I'm almost cleared for action and he does is I'm a big rev- I'm a revolutionary I, I'm Seth freaking Rollins crowd pops they, he gets him to sing along during it crowd the, and he, then he comments oh that was a good pop yeah <laughs> uh. Uh, and then Grayson asked Cody one he talks about how uh, do you feel bad about rooting the biggest match between the Rock and Roman Reigns and Seth makes a barfing face yeah yeah that was 
I couldn't believe that he did it. I couldn't believe that it kept going. Like, it was amazing. The really cool part here was that, I mean, Cody was like, Cody said, I don't know, I guess if The Rock was actually here, he'd probably say something like Rudy Poo or Candy something or just basically insults him. And the crowd boos The Rock. And he says, wait, what did I get called? Cody Crybabies? And then he asks, are there any Cody Crybabies in the crowd? And the crowd goes nuts. Greg, there's going to be Cody Crybaby shirts made and they're going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah, and The Rock should get a cut of every single one that's sold. I think they should split it 50-50. Yeah. I love it. I I think it's hysterical. So at, Cody challenges The Rock for a one-on-one match and Seth basically says, "Don't he's like when you fight the bloodline you're not, you can't you know you can't do it alone. They're not going to fight fair. I have your back." I we're still not quite at the tag match and we had the hint to that that there was a conversation had w- with the rock and cody and hinting to what that might have ha- said in that and that has to be revealed in order for us to understand this full breadth of this story yeah for sure for sure at this point austin theory does his ba- best rock impersonation he he gets the it doesn't matter what you think i love how seth is egging him on come on come on there stud take off your shirt jacket <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was that was I was just like, okay, where's this going? Where's this going? And when he does, do you smell what Austin Theory is cooking? It is hilarious. Then the beatdown is on. Of course, Austin Theory gets beat up, but smartly, they do not touch Grayson Waller, and Grayson Waller doesn't get involved. And because yeah. if they beat up Grayson Waller, the crowd turns on them. Yeah, no, he 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 just, you know, that was that was really funny. I'm glad. Second from the top is our next Elimination Chamber match, Greg. Are you... I was not surprised that Rhea was main eventing this. No, no. Um, that that seemed to be where I expected it to be today. So, Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul versus Drew McIntyre versus L.A. Knight. Yeah. Oh, I love that you threw me in that, yeah. Drew I wasn't and- sure... I wasn't sure if you had the sound effect up or not, so I figured I'd better go for it. No, I wanted you to do it because, I mean, it's just, this is fun. This match, okay, so was this match, there was a lot of really big guys in this match sucking wind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, just made Brad crack. Uh, in LA <laughs> start, the early highlights of this is LA Knight slamming Drew's head into the chamber and the crowd chanting, yeah, 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 along with it. Right. The Slim Jim clock. So we had three technical blips in this match. We lost the picture or three technical blips in this PLE. We lost the picture at one point. Right. We lost the sound at one point. Yeah, we did. And we had the Slim Jim logo, which is supposed to be in the corner, pop up in the center of the screen. (laughs) Pete, uh, Pete Dunn is probably mad, but boy, Kevin Dunn is somewhere losing his crap. No, he's not. He's not. Doesn't even have this turned on. <laughs> he's. A, how do you sleep at night, Kevin Dunn? I sleep on a pile of money with many beautiful women. Yeah, that's that's where Kevin Dunn is at this point. So Kevin Owens is in third. Thank God, because Kevin Owens is the man. Let's start with his promise to hit a choke slam in this match to a Make a Wish kid in basically running in the ring and hitting a choke slam. <laughs> That was pretty funny. Owens uh, Owens is awesome. 
he is hitting a bunch of moves, but like, it's just, they're just filling time uh, until we're going to get our next guy in. I love how, but there are some highlights. He hits, he hits a power slam. He then stands on top of Randy Orton's in front of Randy Orton and does his, his pose where he puts his arms out. And the whole time, I mean, even on the entrance, he was in there slamming his head against his pod when Logan Paul was taunting him. He was over waiting for Logan Paul. This whole match, I was waiting for Logan Paul and Kevin Owens to get their hands on each other. Yeah. They teased it well. Uh, We're looking like we're going to get a double, double superplex at one point. And instead, everybody gets taken out. Everybody's down, which means that the pod's opening. And we get in Bobby Lashley. Greg, did you know why Bobby's arm was taped up? Um, If I... I, I don't think I heard it during the broadcast. Maybe I did, and I just glazed over it. So uh, this is why I'm happy I skimmed SmackDown. So last night during the tag match, Bobby's arm was he- next to a post, and Karrion Cross slammed a chair into it. And so uh, like six hours ago, he had his arm smashed into a ring post. Well, I mean, that's a good reason to tape it up then. So he must have flown over there on his super fast jet with ice on it the whole time and had to tape it up and get changed into his ring gear on his way from where they were, I don't know, six hours ago? I assume so. Yeah, okay. So we get, so Bobby's in, he goes after Drew. They've had, they've had things. They dropped two interesting facts here, Greg. Bobby won his elimination chamber. Did you hear it? What, Bobby won his elimination chamber? Yeah, he won an elimination chamber. What year did Bobby Lashley win his elimination chamber? Uh, 2018? 2006. God. Bobby Lashley is won that ECW monstrosity in 2006. Yeah, that that may very well have to go on the uh on the watchback list cuz that sounds like a a blast from the past I think we both need, Brad. Uh, I've, I own the DVD set. I have watched that many times. That is one of, I watch it out of a sick pleasure. Cause that is one of the worst matches I've ever seen. They take out Sabu from that match. Who's supposed to be in the ECW chamber and which WWE legend that thinks he could beat up everybody. And you should put the title on him, but never won the title was in that match. Oh, see the way you were kind of setting that up. I thought it may have been a legend killer. No, it was a guy who has never won the WWE title, but joke was backstage. He thought he could beat up anybody. And the closest he got was that after his neck was broken by, by Brock Lesnar, he went into a Royal Rumble and had a world title match against Brock Lesnar. Hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore Holly replaced Sabu on an ECW pay-per-view in yeah. during the pay-per-view. Yeah. The, the the look on my face is yeah the oh yeah, so, this, this sounds like guilty pleasure level yeah that that whole card is just a disaster so nice. that's the one where Paul Heyman gets thereafter from this P, this PLE which is one of the low or that's a pay per view one of the lowest bot WWE pay per views of all time uh sure that doesn't uh, surprise me in the so least bit could you tell that nothing really happened here other than this McIntyre's they talk about McIntyre in the chamber Lashley hits uh, a one-arm spine buster Owens hits some kicks and and like it there was really nothing happened until the fifth person came out of the pod which is Randy Orton and Randy Orton hits a sequence his clothesline his power slam 
this is where I'm like, what the hell is wrong with Andy Orton? And the moment he hits it, I know something's wrong. And I'm just hoping we're, we're minutes, we're an hour after the PLE. I really hope he's not hurt. I hope he, this was all selling. hundred uh, percent. I'm, I'm sure it probably was selling. Well, he deserves an award when he hits the draping DDT to the outside. I'm like, well, thank God there's more padding. There used to be. And literally he hit Randy Orton squeal. And he, yeah. from there on in the rest of his match, he is selling. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I noticed that in the women's match that they have that padding and stuff out there now. And I'm sure that that's of some help, but yeah. Somewhere Booker T is yelling at his television. And so is Rob Van Dam and Triple H and anybody who is in the old elimination chambers. Yes, I'm sure. Bobby Lashley's there like, man, where was this like in 2006? Yeah. Even that little bit of extra padding would be of some help, right? Yeah. So we see all we see all this stuff. It like we get Orton. He he looks like he's really hurt. LA Knight hits a DDT on the outside. And at this point, everybody's down. And Lo- the only person left standing, according to the commentators, is Logan Paul. And he's bouncing around and he's bouncing around. He's the last person coming in. And the cameras close up on him. Two things I noticed in this shot. One, he obviously had a Sharpie on him somewhere because he was drawing pictures <laughs> on the pod. I saw that. I was just like, that's pretty funny. You're like, why, why don't they do that? And then the other thing I was thinking about with these pods is, why don't they have like a big fan at the top pushing cold air down on them or something? Because those damn things must get hot. I know Corey Graves kind of alluded to it a couple of times, but that, I would not want to be locked in that pod for 30 minutes uh, waiting to get into the ring, right? Oh yeah, I mean they should have like a they should have a cooler in each one of the pods. You sit down yeah. on your cooler, you open it up, you get a water, you're just sitting there chilling. Oh man, can you imagine Stone Cold with a beer cooler in there <laughs> and him be three sheets to the wind when he comes out? Well, no, because he doesn't actually drink the beer; he pours it on himself. I, I know, I know. Was so Goldberg? Still. He would just chug the beer. <laughs> oh my. Anyways, the bet this was great. This was like one of those horror movie things. So Logan Paul's getting ready to get in, and all of a sudden you see Kevin Owens rise from the dead and he's standing there. And then Logan tries not to let the pot open, but Kevin Owens gets in there, locks himself in there with him, and almost completely locks himself in there because the door got stuck. And he just beats the hell out of Logan Paul. He starts dragging him around, throwing him in the pods. It is amaze balls. I it was everything I wanted. Owens stalking him. Well, I guess we know what we're getting in a few weeks in uh, Philadelphia, right? Uh, I, Based on the end of this match, we might get something totally different. You think? We'll get there at the end. Let's talk about, let's right. talk about predictions coming out of this match. So everybody, right. we get this, this goes on. Bobby Lashley eventually is involved. He's stalking Logan Paul. He hits a spear through the pod. The crowd chants, thank you, Lashley. But when he comes back in, he gets, he eats a Claymore and he's out. I mean, yep. he's trying to hit get that hurt lock on LA Knight, but his elbow's in the way. And the hurt elbow comes to play when he tries to elbow down. That's going to be the story where why him and his kids are going to go after the final testament. Mm, probably. So that's it's up their WrestleMania match. LA Knight, uh, Drew McIntyre are going at it. The referees like trying try like the crowd you can see bobby's really struggling to get out and i'm like yeah. oh did bobby actually get hurt nope he's just acting because they left the door open too long because here comes aj styles he just kills la knight la knight is hit first he's gotten two uh he took out randy and drew uh with his uh blood force trauma but doesn't matter he gets the crap kicked out of him and good old aj styles styles clash on his knees onto the chair 
So that's the end of LA night. And we're dead because Drew McIntyre just rolls on top of him. This match continues. Eventually, Randy Orton almost out of nowhere hits one of his classic out of nowhere uh, stunners on Kevin Owens, like after the counter of the D of that. So I was surprised. I thought Logan Paul was going to beat Kevin Owens. You think you thought so? I really did. I thought he was going to get a cheap win. Okay. And in fact, if I had to rewrite this, I would have had Orton hit it, but have his back be bad and have him roll around and have just have Logan Paul jump on top. Interesting. I could see that. Just like a donkey. So yeah. the fight, now the fight's on between Logan Paul and McIntyre and Orton. They're they're beating the heck out of each other. It's hilarious. Uh, Drew fights. So Drew fights back up. Uh, but Logan Paul's on top. He hits a cross body, knocking everybody off off the top of the cell. I knew Logan Paul was jumping off the top of the uh, one of those pods. Yeah, oh, 100%. Logan Paul starts beating his breast, and he's going nuts. And then he pulls out his power of the punch, and he's pumping his arm like he's going to take everybody out with the power of the punch. And pretty much out of nowhere, there's your next RKO. Bye-bye, Logan Paul. And the crowd is with Randy Orton. His back is toast. He's been selling his back. The commentators are like, his back's there, is out. And they we get a fight. And it's a bit, pretty decent little one-on-one for a second until Drew hits that spine buster. And they're selling it. And I love how Randy Orton's like you using Drew McIntyre to crawl back up. Right. And you're, I'm like, he's RKO and the crap out of him right now. And how are they going to get out of this? So th- that's exactly what happens. He climbs back up. He hits the RKO. And I'm like, oh my God, Orton's going to win. One, two, power. Oh, sorry. He doesn't even get on top of him because it's power of the punch out of nowhere with our good old friend, Logan Paul. He's mad because he got eliminated by by randy orton yeah and drew just crawls on top of the win so drew doesn't win this no. match fairly this is like this the, is the best book match but the power of the punch was also with brass knucks wasn't it yes yeah so that's why i'm calling logan paul using the brass knucks power of the punch it's a tribute to our okay. good friend william regal gotcha gotcha Who, okay all right cool whose effect is still on AEW because the, there's one of the ba- biggest factions in that show is still named after him yeah so yeah all right power of the punch does work it just doesn't work the way it's supposed to so let's go through some of these things one drew now can say he's going to wrestle seth rollins but boy oh boy does he look like an asshole doing it sure sure i mean whatever um i really thought we were gonna get a lead to logan paul and kevin owens out of this and you still think so but man he punched randy orton in the face with brass knucks and cost him this match you don't do that to Randy Orton and not have Randy Orton try and come kill you. Yeah, but I I don't think that that is going to be what we're going to do for WrestleMania. Okay, well, Orton's a loose piece. He needs a match. He does, but I... I, I There's something at me that's, that makes me still think it's going to be um, Kevin Owens. Well, the other option is we turn this into a three-way. Maybe. I mean, it would make sense because now we have that. Those are the kind of the three loose parts, and yep. it allows yeah, allow, it allows Orton to have a much easier match without having to take as many bumps by putting two bump machines in there. Because at this point, we can all hate Logan Paul, but boy, oh man, boy, that that dude can wrestle. Yeah. No, I I I I think that that is probably the the best idea. Actually, now I think more about it. 
it gives a little bit more protection. Yeah, I like that idea. Well, and then the power of the punch is legal. No DQ and a triple threat. That's fair. So we can see yeah, that that's a great match. And it, I mean, it gets, I'm sure it's a bucket list item for both Logan Paul and Kevin Owens. You get to have a WrestleMania match with probably one of the greatest WrestleMania players of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So good for everybody. That's my hope. And so how do you feel about Drew and Seth? I don't, honestly, I've not been a fan of this Seth Rollins B title, um, title reign. So I really have no real care of what's going to happen here. Um, to me, it's just whatever. So I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. And I think somebody else may have said this somewhere along the way. And if they did, I apologize, but I think this is the first time you've ever heard this. I'm going to guess. Probably. Probably. I believe what's going to happen is that some way, somehow, Sami Zayn is getting the money in the bank. Interesting idea. Okay. And when he gets his hands on the money in the bank, he will cash in on Drew McIntyre. Drew will win at WrestleMania, getting his WrestleMania moment over Seth. And Sammy will cash in about 10 seconds later and pin him. Interesting. I think, Um, and you know why that would be great? Because it would fulfill Greg's fantasy. He can't bring back, and you know where they're going shortly thereafter? No. Montreal. There's a Montreal Raw coming up shortly after WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it's before WrestleMania. Yeah. No, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. No, I'm. I'm, I'm going to vote no on that one. Okay, I'm going to hope that that happens, just so that right. I can hear you. Like, I think you would squeal if it, you would be. I think it's closer when to get the. You wouldn't be happy if Sammy won a WrestleMania, wins the title at WrestleMania. No, no, not there. No. Uh, here's the thing: it's the wrong title. Oh, okay. Whatever. Listen, somebody has to have the uh, the second year the, title. The B title, yeah. No, it was the wrong title. It was the. It was the story last year. It was him part of the bloodline. Yeah, just him winning a title at WrestleMania. He did that last year. It was the tag titles. Wrong do you place, remember that now? Yeah. No. I do. So, that was my favorite. I'll be honest with you. That was probably my favorite match of WrestleMania because of the ending of it. Yeah. No. Definitely so. was not the match on the second night. <laughs> no. No. Okay. So in fairness, we're going to get our main event, Nia Jackson, Rhea Ripley. And so, I had forgot for a second. There's still another match, even though we just finished the show. <laughs> Greg, uh, I got to say this. This was the best Nia Jax match I've ever seen. Uh, Nia Jax or Goldust? <laughs> okay. I broke Brad there. And so I, that one I stole from WWE creative-ish Robert Carpopoulos. Um that was amazing earlier, so thank you. But yes, it looked like uh, it was, uh, he tweeted earlier, WWE creative-ish. Why is uh, casual fans tuning in and I'm wondering why Goldus is beating up that woman? I got another one for you. This is, I'm debuting this here. I have not heard this anywhere else. So if right. anybody else repeats this, I want people to, and they don't credit me, I want people to fight back. So if somebody else has said this, please comment below. I apologize. But I came up with the ultimate alliteration for Nia Jax. Okay. So I went up to my daughter and said, Maddie, do you know why Nia Jax is main eventing this, P- this pay-per-view? She's like, why? I'm like, she's The Rock's cousin. She goes, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, that means she's Nia nepotism. <laughs> 
Nidepotism. Uh yeah, all right. Um oh, I was on, gonna say a... we 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 didn't even get the rock showing up on this one, which I, I mean there were rumors he was going to, and maybe he would show up, and I kind of doubted that because it's four o'clock in the morning. Why would the rock be over there? And yeah, so dude, Nia Nepotism is a great nickname for Nia Jax. Uh, it's it's not wrong. I can one hundred percent attest to that, but yeah, that's why she got the job. So early, so this match early on from Rhea, but basically Nia's on offense. My favorite spot came early when she threw her into the corner and then did the rump shake in her face in front of her family. That was funny. Oh, listen, Nia Jax, as long as we're never supposed to cheer for Nia Jax, this is fine. You, you never want to have to cheer for Nia Jax is what you're saying. It's she has her place as being the big bully. Oh, 100%. Who gets her comeuppance. And in this match, we saw her hit a pretty good stretch muffler. And then when it wasn't working as well as she wanted, she turned it into a leg lock. Like, who knew Nia Jax could chain wrestle? Yeah, I didn't. So Rhea finally fights back. She gets a guillotine on, but basically, Nia overpowers her, flips her onto her back. She tries to do her little bonsai drop, but rolls out of the way. Rhea, so Nia Jax you know, catches her on the ropes. She's hitting stomps. Rhea tries to hit a missile drop kick. That doesn't work. Naya hits two Samoan drops, one regular, and then that one off the middle rope. Oh my God. Like, I mean, again, Naya bumped in this match and so did Rhea. They did. That was great. She did. She did indeed bump in this match. How about when Rhea hits the frog splash? I really thought they could have ended with that. That would have worked. It was a, but it, she didn't get enough offense yet. No, and that's not the way Rhea pins people. Let's be honest, Brad. She's okay. So they spill to the outside. Rhea gets slammed on the table. And then Naya, to her credit, steps on top of a chair and does a flying elbow. Yeah. Where's the spin? Yeah. Where's the, like, this was, you could say, you could see her. You know what? Maybe she's just a smarter worker than we give her credit for. She's like, I'm, if I'm a main event and I'm not taking bumps like this, but I'm a main event tonight. I don't care how sore I am. Yeah. So she's, she takes advantage of that. She rolls her back in and then she does her oblivion. Was that what that's called? Or what is it? What is her bonsai drop called? I don't know. doesn't matter because Rhea kicks out. Oh, Annihilator. The Annihilator, and, yes. And then she kicks out. I'm like, oh God, this is amazing. So then Rhea like suplexes Naya off the ropes. Holy cow. The both of them take a big bump. And then we get Rhea hitting uh, a riptide. And it's a damn good looking riptide. Big ups on Nia Jax because you saw her take, like she only really has a, like she's in an awkward position to take a leap. But together they got that move up and over and Rhea wins. The crowd goes nuts. It's like the best ending. I am waiting for somebody to run in and either cash in a money in the bank or do something awful. Cause this is WWE. We can't have a baby. We can't have a baby face win in their hometown. Well, there's the female money in the bank is, was already cashed in at SummerSlam. Shut up. They just made one up. They're just going to have a golden right. contract. Um, okay. Something who cares? Like uh, somebody runs out with the NX, though, whoever the NXT women's champion runs out and says, this is, I'm allowed to cash in. It's like destination X. Okay. Like, I just figured something awful was going to happen. Uh, Bailey was going to come wind sprinting down and saying, I'm the Royal Rumble winner. I can, I get a match. Oh, gosh. 
but no, we I was say, have- it's it's funny as Brad uh, makes the uh, is saying this. He's he's pretending to run to the ring, but he's breaking it to bushwhacker uh, hand gestures to run to the ring, which is making me laugh a little bit here. It would be awesome if we there's that's the only Australians I was missing on this show. Well, one one passed away, unfortunately, but um, that would have been fun to see. Yeah, it was, this was a great night, Greg, and yeah. I got to give WWE credit. I may never watch another PLE live again, but boy, <laughs> this was fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the show. All things considered, it was nice to have this. It's nice to to get this over with first thing on on Saturday morning. Um, you, you now have your full day ahead of you, which is kind of nice. So yeah, I, I'm in favor of more of this type of thing, and uh, glad we're able to you know bring you a quick recap here of that event. And um, yeah, so let's go into our usual bit, and we'll do. I mean, we're calling it's going to play the sound effect, but uh, yeah, we're the Smack Daddies. We're still going to do our SmackDown synopsis. This is your SmackDown. This is what happens when you don't think about this stuff in advance and get her to pre-record a new one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, it, it's so and we'll do her yaboos. So Greg, right. there's only really so having a match on the pre-show. The concept of having a match on the pre-show. How do you feel about that? I feel yeah, yeah. I did the minor yeah because I don't think they did a good enough job promoting it. No, they didn't. They didn't. But I, I want more of this going forward. So I like this. The match was okay. I mean, it was there to give Andy Hartwell uh, a uh, a spot on the show. I mean, still haven't seen Dexter Lewis. He could have turned the lights off at some point, but no. Well, I thought that he was showing up when the camera cut out. Yeah, well, that's fair. Okay, Greg, how did you feel about the women's elimination chamber? Oh, that's a big old hell yeah. Yeah. There we go. We're going to keep that one. That was a great match. Yeah. Go back and watch it. There was a little bit of a lull. So if you're watching it in, after you've heard us, get a healthy use of the button. Oh, Greg, the tag title match. Oh, that's a no. And yeah, we, can't, it, we can't blame the guys for effort. It just was a bad placement. And somebody had to be in this spot. Yep. All right. How about the Grayson Waller effect. Oh, that's a that's a big. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, so you like so you like that? Okay. Separate question. How do All you right. feel about the shoey? Um, I'll, I'll go small. Yeah, on that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was funny. What do you want to do, buddy, with the men's elimination chamber match? Um, the, the small, small. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. I hesitate on that one. Not as good as the women's. I enjoyed the women's more. Um, I, I don't like the uh, interference that happens year over year in this match. So, yeah, and and uh, that would be the you know who needs a little boo. Corey Graves was awesome tonight, except for one point, and he gets a boo for it. He did not need to remind us that the same thing happened last time when they had a hurt opponent. Yep. Our main event, Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax. I hate to say this, but this is this is going big, Brad. Yeah. So and I, not just not just for Rhea's ring gear. Oh, well, Rhea's ring gear was amazing. So let's give a separate one for that. Yeah. And I can't believe we're doing this. 
and I'm really sorry, Randy, but for the effort of Nia Jax, we get one more. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's hard to argue that she probably, when, when at the end, Corey Graves said match of her career. Not wrong. Not wrong. So overall, guys, weird. Like, this is one of the better PLEs. Maybe it's because we're not, like, reviewing it here at <laughs> midnight Atlantic time. <laughs> or later if it's an AEW event. Oh God, if we're, if we're ever tasked with an AEW one, I'm just going to, we're just going to say, Hey, let's meet at like 10 o'clock the next morning. Yeah. That is, it'll just be getting ready to end by that point. Yeah. And I, that's another one where I don't know. I mean, there's no, I liked, so this is crazy. I will say this. If you can start an hour late on WWE, the pacing in the WWE PLE is so much better than an AEW PLE. Yeah. 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 It's, it's. I mean, the only thing that we really didn't like about this was that tag match and it was the placement of it. And maybe if they had done that match first, women's chamber, talking segment, men's chamber main event, maybe it would have been fine. But yeah, that that's the only thing I think I would have changed in any of that. And even then, I would say from the Dominic Mysterio kick out the crowd came there the crowd came back for that match so good on the guys for not giving up and having a good match and i think the other problem with that match though greg was you and i both knew though they were bad challengers not because the guys aren't great wrestlers and they got a good yep. match they're just they're not winning no 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 exactly so i would say overall this is i mean it's like wwe right now it's hot yeah, that's that's one word to use to describe it, right? WWE is hot. This event was a, a, a pretty good event, all things considered. Um, definitely would go out of my while to watch this if I haven't, uh, if you haven't watched this already. And considering where you were last year going into this PLE and where you came out last year where you were ready to quit the whole product, yep. it's like a 180 degree turn. It is, in fact follow along with us for greg's journey of whether he's in or out of love with wrestling <laughs> well i think you're back in love with it hopefully we get some great smackdowns between here and there uh we're on i don't know if you realize this yet but we're on hall of fame duty for uh i, I have a bad feeling yeah i that is always the worst weekend for me because it is a uh it is a major hockey tournament up here so how we manage to get shows done and depending on schedule is a challenge so that greg is always tbd that wrestlemania weekend so we have yeah and then current, current subject to change so we have about five or six weeks until WrestleMania. You are going to get all kinds of SmackDown Raw coverage, NXT coverage as we build towards three big nights for WWE. Four if you count SmackDown, five if you count Raw. It's a crazy couple of days in Philadelphia. I hear Dax is going to Fan Fest, uh, the new one. I'm dying to hear a review from Dax after he goes in person to the one at Philadelphia. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah. And I hope that he's going to one of the ones where they have the... Uh, contests for wwe 2k because apparently there's a dax is quite the gamer and there's a 2k contest so uh dax if you get far in that 2k contest you end up on camera make sure you're repping that uh you're repping your snme you know brand kit yeah 
So anyways, shout out to the, to those guys over doing the dynamite review, shout out to all the guys here on the network, whether it's the Godfathers, the podcasting live audio wrestling, Boris doing holding down the main show, whether you're listening to Steve Swift, whether you're listening to Mel ball and my, my buddy, Andre, whether you're listening to the grants covering collision, there's a ton of stuff on this network, patreon.com slash SNME radio. And we're happy to provide you with the bonus coverage for Elimination Chamber here on a Saturday morning. Greg, my coffee's almost gone. It's almost time to say goodbye. Do you have any words of wisdom coming out of this chamber, given your, from in the last 365 days, you've gone from really negative on the product to, I had a great time today. Um, the, the, the best words I can describe are what we're going to call this episode title. Um, uh, the words of wisdom I have is mommy, 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 oi, oi, oi. And I hope his wife never hears this podcast. With that, we the ones.